This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2023 non-playoff team. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Well, the Capitals are officially eliminated in contention for this playoff round. The first time since 2014, since that Adam Oates season. Joining me as always to talk all about it. He's going to talk us all off the ledge. Coach Dan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Talking you off the ledge. Yeah, I'm right there. No, I'll just say right there with you, but I'm definitely not that. I'm definitely not on the ledge. It, it's just, it just, it's kind of what I put in our notes for today's show. It just kind of sucks. Yeah. Like it was, it was, I forget exactly how I worded the tweet last night when I totally forgot, like all day I was like, yep, oh, we're going to find out tonight if they're, you know, when they're going to be eliminated. And then it wasn't until I got that text from you and I was like, oh, right. Like it was like 10 o'clock at night. I've forgotten, but it was a foregone conclusion. Like we all saw that coming. It still hurt a bit when it actually happened, but it's it still hurts a bit that they had this opportunity this season that has just been completely wasted. And, you know, it, the way this team was built, were they really a team that could have gone on a cup run? I don't know. I mean, looking, it's so much easier now to say, well, of course not. Look at how the team is constructed versus what we were thinking in, you know, September or October. But given the run that the play they had in what was that December and knowing the two guys they had coming back, I don't think anyone could have foreseen that they would have just gone completely in the other direction. I mean, I forget. I think I'd retweeted it at one point from Ted Starkey in terms of their record after Backstrom and Wilson came back or right about that time. But it's gone completely the wrong direction. I mean, they were what second in the division and then they came back and then they're just like, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, that December was great. It was it was good to be a fan again. It felt like they had finally found their footing. And then these two veterans come back. These two guys that are, you know, in the inner circle of this team. They're the nucleus of this team. Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, they come back and it has the opposite effect of what you think it would would have had. These guys are no longer at the top of the division. They're not playing well. These guys come back and it almost it takes the team backwards. Like they started the season, they found a rhythm, things started to work out again, then you bring these two guys back, and it's it throws it out of whack again, and it never writes itself. Why Why do you think that is? Why bring these two veterans back? And there was some weird stuff online. People were saying that they should have started the season in Hershey to work off some rust. If you're Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom, you're never going to go to Hershey, ever. That's not going to happen to everybody out there. They're the they're two veterans. They're not going to go down for a conditioning stint in Hershey. That's never, ever going to happen. But what do you think it was about these two guys coming back that had such a reverse effect of what it either should have been or what we expected it to be? I don't know. What what's your your thought on these two guys coming back and then the team just tanking? I think. I think the fact that they came back and then the team plummeted in terms of play, in terms of standings points, I feel like it was more coincidental than Mm -hmm. anything else. I don't attribute it to 
one particular thing of being like, oh, that's the reason why, you know? Right. Uh, you know, I think there's a number of reasons. It could be guys that were gelling weren't necessarily playing together anymore, and the new lineups that were put together just didn't gel for whatever reason. It could be the travel aspect and that they just got worn down. It could be that other teams just, for whatever reason, pushed harder than they did. I don't think there's one particular reason. I think it was just uh, it was a mixture of a bunch of things that just wasn't great in terms of how this team could push it themselves forward. I think the constant injuries to other guys, you know, Wilson came back and then got hurt right away. Oshie has been in and out of the lineup. Backstrom's, you know, while he's playing very well, he's not the guy he used to be. I think Kuznetsov's play has dropped off a bit. Uh, and so, you know, the injuries to defensemen, and you lose John Carlson after his horrific injury for 30-something games. I mean, it's just... This was, I want to say I heard on Caps this morning that they were like the fourth most uh, injured team in terms of like man games lost. And it's just, it's unfortunate that it's come down to this. Uh, But that kind of, not as expected, but is to some extent the reality when you have a team of older guys that they're just, it takes longer for them to heal up. And so... It is what it is to an extent. I mean, this is what they kind of they, – they were banking on the fact that they were going to stay healthy. It just didn't happen. And then I think to an extent the coaching staff just wasn't ever quite able to get things going. I think a lack of players that could step and fill in. I mean, it didn't help that the guy they brought in to fill in for Tom Wilson while he was out and Connor Brown got hurt, and that's not a slight against Connor Brown. Like the fact that he tore his ACL or whatever it was, like that's it's a freak injury that happens. There's nothing he could have done about it or anybody really could have done about it. Um, but I think this was just a season of just whatever could go wrong went wrong for this Capitals team. Now, with all of the injuries, I guess it does come with age. It takes longer for guys to heal. We've seen all that kind of happen. But I've we've kind of seen it with the Baltimore Ravens. If you listen to my other podcast called The Call, all, there have been a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. And they got a rating from the NFLPA for a strength and conditioning coach that he got an F and the Ravens fired him. So a lot of like uh, guys are coming out, wide receivers are coming out and saying, you know, they didn't prepare me for this. They, they hurt me for, for doing this. Da, 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 da. Like they're going all this. Is this a coaching thing or are the strength and conditioning coaches for the capitals? Like not up to par of what they should be. Do you think, or is this really just wear and tear on an older group of guys? I think to an extent, 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 it's wear and tear. I think to some extent it's freak injuries. I mean, Carlson got hit in the head with a puck. You really can't, can't really help that. (laughs) It like crushed into his helmet, which then what cut a, a artery or a vein or something. And it was just like, it was, it was a freak injury. I think, you know, they came into it knowing that Backstrom was going to need this after years and years of playing and having hip problems. Wilson had a freaking, you know, the AC was ACL, MCL, one of those. Um, Brown had the ACL. Like these aren't pulled hamstrings and quads. These aren't small muscular things that were due to being necessarily overworked uh, in practice or overplayed in games. Like, I don't think I saw anything like that. If guys were, you know, missing games because of, of a quad injury, then yeah, I'd be like, maybe the strength and conditioning staff isn't doing a great job getting them prepared for games. But I don't think that's it. I think it's just a bunch of freak injuries. I mean, they're not even the number one team in terms of having guys out for 
uh, injured, uh, uh, man games lost due to injuries. And so I don't think we can sit here and complain too, too much. A lot of it's just kind of freak stuff. I think the complaint here is that they weren't prepared to handle it. And, you know, to an extent, how can you know? But they weren't prepared to handle the amount of injuries because they didn't. They didn't adequately have guys that came up and played. I mean, you had a guy like Beck Mallinson who came up and played well, and then he got injured. Was it broke his finger or something blocking a shot? Like, a strength and conditioning guy is not going to help you with that prior to. That happened to, like, what, Joe Snively last year as well. He played really well, and then he got hurt, like, almost immediately. Yeah, like, these things, I mean, when it's something like blocking a shot, these things happen, you know? And especially when you're a guy like Mallinson who's playing on the fourth line, who's playing on the penalty kill, you're more than likely going to be blocking more shots than a first or second liner. And so I think this is a situation where the injury bug just got them really good this season, and they weren't prepared in terms of depth to handle it. And as a result, they're on the outside looking in for making the playoffs. And they have a big offseason coming up. You know, there's one really great thing that could happen that would really set this team up both next season and going forward, but the odds of that happening are quite slim uh with every loss it does get a little bit better um but i just you know they're not gonna end up in the bottom four so they don't really have that high opportunity to pick uh to have a chance to select Connor bedard so you know i think there's a really big offseason coming up that's going to be really important for the future of this team both next season and going forward in terms of how they're going to do but i you know i've read i the on the athletic Tarek all this with his mailbag talking about how he thinks the caps are gonna be really busy um mike vogel for the with the caps he i read his thing just a little bit before we started recording he was talking about how the caps are gonna have a really busy off season i was even playing around on um capfriendly.com in terms of like the armchair gm trying to see what the caps lineup would be next season and like i made the assumption that they're gonna bring back connor brown and i made the assumption they're gonna trade Evgeny kuznetsov and anthony mantha and like there's still like a good opportunity for change in the forward department i think the six defensemen and two goalies are set for next year. I think we're definitely obviously going to see um, Kemper and Lindgren back on in the goaltending department. I think we're definitely going to see some combination of Carlson, Favari, Sandine, um, Jensen. I'm like, who am I forgetting? Jensen, Van Riemsdyk, and Alexiev as the sixth defenseman. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to go out and sign a veteran guy to play as that seventh defenseman or bring up someone from Hershey, but I would expect them to have a veteran. And then it's the forward group that I think is going to be really interesting in terms of what they decide to do, who's coming back next season, who's potentially making their way out. I mean, I think we have, we to an extent have less questions depending on how you kind of line up your questions, but we had less questions now than we did before the deadline, uh, trade deadline that is in terms of like who's staying and who's going. Cause a lot of the unrestricted free agents are already gone because they got traded. And so we don't have to sit there and go, ooh, there's a bunch of holes. Like, we already know. You essentially replaced Orloff with Sandine, which for me works out really well. Because this dude's like, he's a point-per-game player, almost a point-per-game player since they brought him in. I mean, we, I keep talking about how Carlson and are going to be the number one pair. Could it be Carlson and Sandine as the number one pair next season? And then I've Favari and Jensen. The trade came in, and I was like, who? <laughs> who are you? Rasmus what? I even thought it was Sandine. And I was like, is he related to Matt's? Like, I had no idea. Oh, Sandine. Okay. No idea who you are. And then he played, and I was like, well, I know who you are now. Like, you're doing quite well. Thank you very much. But I think next season, they have some guys that are definitely set in their spots. We know the obvious ones. Wilson somewhere on the first or second line, right wing. Ovechkin top line, left wing. I think you have Backstrom likely on the – and Strom. 
and somewhere in the first through third line center spot, if Kuznetsov comes back, he's first or second center spot. Uh, but I do, I do think he's going to get dealt in the offseason. And then if there's, you know, a deal worth taking there, because I don't think you send him out just for draft picks or just for prospects, unless you're going to flip those in either a three-team trade or you have something else lined up to bring in a center. Um, if you haven't already signed one, I expect them to make more trades than big name free agent signings because free agent signings just cost you more. You know, especially because I was reading this, I think it was from Mike Vogel again, that he was saying when you sign a guy, and we saw this with Orpik and Niskin when the when um, McClellan brought them in from Pittsburgh, that when you sign a guy, you're signing him for what he's done, not what he's going to do. Now, part of that is obvious because none of us can predict the future. But also, you play really well, you expect to get paid for playing really well with the expectation of the team and likely the player as well, unless you're um, Albert Hingsworth, that you're going to continue your high level of play. And so they definitely have some holes. There's some questions. I know you're not going to like this, but I think TJ Oshie could find himself on his way out potentially if there's another team interested just because of his injury history. But you also don't want to make too many moves because then you're already likely going to have a new coaching staff. And they're gonna have even more guys that are gonna need to gel. So I, th- I I think Oshi will stay, but I wouldn't necessarily be shocked. Like if I got a text from you or someone or I saw on Twitter that Oshi got traded in the offseason, I'd be sad because I think he's been a great member of this team. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see his number or his name somewhere in Capital One Arena at some point. Or at that point, or probably a different name since they switch it up every once in a while. Um I think Mantha's gone, but I, I think there's a lot of guys set in the forward ranks, but I think there's definitely going to be some holes that need to be filled, both internally and externally. Besides Ovechkin, because you know he's not going anywhere. Besides Ovechkin, is there anybody else that is safe from being traded? Like, is this at this point right now, are you going to listen to, like, if you're Brian McClellan, are you listening to, like, every offer out there for any other player besides Ovi, or are there other players that you're like, no? These guys need to stay. They're a huge part of this team. We can't lose them. They're too important. Important. So I, I don't important. know if I would. Important. Are we just talking about forwards? I'm talking about anybody. Okay. So I think of those six defensemen. You're the only defenseman that you're potentially taking offers on. Is well, Favari. If you're struggling to come to an agreement on a new deal. And I don't think that'll be the case. But if it's like it's if it's looking like that's going to be a problem, he probably will get you someone really good in return. Could potentially even be a defenseman, and then that's a deal you might they might want to make. But I don't think that conversation will ever even happen outside of like let's just be prepared in the event that this happens, which you probably have a conversation about every guy when you go into being restricted free agency. But I think he's going to sign. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think that will happen sometime shortly after the season is over, and then which is what next Thursday. And then, oh, that's depressing. Uh, knowing when it's going to end, having to do that in a while. Um, but I, I, I think of defenseman, the only guy that potentially would get. No, you know what? Actually, I might take this back. Let me double check something. Because didn't he just get signed to a new deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I take it back. He, Favari would be the only guy I'd be expected to get dealt. Him or Alexiev. And only because they're, if there's an issue re-signing both of them, of which neither one I expect that to happen. So I don't think any of the defensemen are going to get moved out. In terms of forwards and uh, being safe, so I guess I didn't really answer your question that first. Or I answered it awkwardly. I think all the defensemen are safe. Okay. I think maybe you move a guy like Jensen, but even then, you just sign him to a new deal, and I'd be concerned about the message that sends to players in the league of being like, we're going to sign you to a deal, but then also look at trading you. like that. Unless it's a sign and trade, that I think sends a really bad message. So I don't think I think all the defensemen are safe. 
I think we know what the six defensemen are going to look like next season. I think with potentially a different coaching staff uh, and more playing time for Sandine, for Favari, Carlson having all of his pieces of his body attached and in one piece, you know, all that good to go, then they'll be fine. Uh, I think Ovechkin used to, obviously, I think Backstrom is not going anywhere. I think he's another guy that's going to retire at Capitol. And uh, Tom Wilson, I think, is a, is a, is a, not a hang-up. I think you listen to everybody when they call, but some of them you're just entertaining. And some of them might even start a conversation being like, hey, we want to talk about Tom Wilson. You're like, oh, okay, what do you want to offer? And then you're like, well, you, I'm not trading Wilson for that, but what about this guy? Um, I think Wilson's safe from being traded. I think Shrome is safe from being moved out. And I think Nick Dowd is safe from being moved out. Um, Sonny Milano, I would have a hard time moving because you just signed him to a new deal. And again, I think that sends the wrong message to players around the league. I know that, you know, they go into professional sport. Anybody that goes into professional sports knows that they can be moved at any point, but I think signing a guy and then almost immediately moving them out or moving them out right after the season that you just signed them is a tough sell when you're looking to bring in someone else uh, and convince them that they're going to be with your team for however long the contract you're offering them for. Um, and I think Alexi Protis, I think he could be dealt if another team is interested. I just don't think that'll happen. But I wouldn't say he's necessarily an untouchable. Like in the Ford ranks, it's Ovechkin, Backstrom, Wilson, Strom, and Nick Dowd. That are my – because I don't think you could lose another center. And mm-hmm. I think Dowd, he's you know he's not a young guy by any means, but he's a, he's a fantastic fourth-line center. He turns 33 this May. You signed to $1.3 million for two more years after this. I think that's perfectly fine. It gives you an opportunity to get a guy in Hershey potentially ready to take over for him in a couple of years or sign someone who's a free agent who's a bit younger. I see no reason, unless it's a great deal, I see no reason to move out Nick Dowd. All right, so let's look at these games coming up. I mean, we all should be thankful. We still have some hockey to watch on our TVs. Are we? For I mean, we should be thankful. There are, let me see. Five There's games a lot of left. hockey to watch. It's not the Caps games. I feel right. like, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of cutting in in terms of like, I know where you're kind of going. Like, I feel like these Caps games have just been not that much fun to watch because I feel like they're just, they're just not playing well. Like I was watching, and it, it's a little different when you're watching a game that doesn't involve the team you follow because you don't necessarily have anything at stake. But I've been watching some games on ESPN Plus or whatever it's called. And, you know, I was watching uh, Seattle, Vancouver. Was it Seattle, Vancouver last night? And then, or was that two nights ago? And I was watching Colorado and San Jose. And the just the hockey is just more entertaining. It's more enjoyable to watch. And maybe that is because I don't have a stake in the games. But I just feel like this Caps team just needs a bit of a, 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 a reboot this offseason in terms of playing style, in terms of some, some new players. Um, so you're talking about we, still, we should be thankful we still have some hockey to watch. Can I do, yeah. <laughs> can yeah, I do I, with Caps hockey? All right, so we're still we're we still should be thankful because we get to watch Ovi try to try to reach the Gretzky record. That's what we're looking for in these last couple mm-hmm. games. Uh, I'm excited because the Women's Worlds uh, tournament starts today. So as we're recording this, the USA is about to take on Japan. So I'm gonna check that one out. And we have the Frozen Four coming up this weekend. So that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. But what are you looking for with these next five games? for the Capitals to do because at one point you want it to be a good game for young talent that we're going to see next season. However, you also want them to lose the next five games to up your chances to get a good draft spot. So like, what should we be rooting for? Should we be rooting for them to win? Or should we say, Hey, have a good game. Nosedive and lose, but let the young guys play a little bit. What do you think? 
I think it's hard at any point to say I want them to lose. Because as a fan of the team, I want them to get Connor Bedard. It's not going to happen. I will be so excited because anytime you're picking in the first round, it has an opportunity to, to continue to develop a new core, right? But this guy fits in next season. And mm-hmm. when you have that flat cap, you have a salary cap that may not be going up or may not be going up a ton. He's going to come in, at, you know, a guy like that would come in at an entry-level deal. It's an opportunity to, to not only build for your future, but to have someone that's going to contribute next season. There's just so many questions for next season right now that it's just, it's hard to kind of look at these games and go, what am I looking for in these next few games? You know, I, I want them to win, but I want them to play for next year as well. And that doesn't mean lose. That means I, w- I want to see Alexiev. I want to see Alexi Protis getting good minutes. I don't want to see them playing five, six, seven minutes a night. These guys are likely the future. Or if they're not, let's find out now. Because in terms of the playoffs, in terms of the overall season, they don't have anything to play for. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be about next year, right? Ovechkin getting him goals for the last five games, which would be great. He's not catching Gretzky this season, and barring a historic run, he's not catching him next season. So it's likely the year after that. I, I think I predicted Christmas 2025. I think that's what I said. We get through Wait. the next season. Wait, 2023? No, next season is 2023, 2024. No, it'd be Christmas 2024 would be a season and a half from now. Okay, that's what I'm saying then. Christmas No, I, that's what I think you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure he means 2024. Because that would be two and a half years. I'm like, mm. Then he's going yeah. into the last year of his contract. So, I, you know, I think they're playing for next season. And that means you're playing these young guys. That doesn't mean you're calling up guys from Hershey and giving them minutes. You're you're playing with the guys you have now, but you're giving Alexiev minutes. You're giving Protoss minutes. I don't want to see Matt Irwin on the – no offense, but I don't want to see you on the ice for this Capitals team again. Mm-hmm. And barring an injury or someone getting sick, which happens, right? Like, that's fine. Then he plays because someone else can't. But I, if I see a game where Alexiev is not playing, I'm going to be angry. Because, I, I mean, like, sports angry, not, like, real-life angry. I'm going to be angry if Alexi Protoss is not playing because it's dumb. Like, these guys need to get minutes and prepare for next season or showcase themselves for another team as part of a package deal or whatever the case may be to help this team grow for next year. So, I don't want to see any of the older guys playing um, because that's what this team needs to do to prepare for next year. You Every minute that Alexi Evans and Protus are on the ice gives them more experience and should make them a better NHL player. And, you know, the other thing to look forward to is just that these guys, some of these older guys are going to get a little bit more time off. You know, they're not playing, given if they went into the playoffs, they probably have only been playing for an extra week, maybe week and a half. But it gives them some more time off. It gives their bodies a chance to heal. It gives them an opportunity to kind of step away from the game and refocus. And you know what? Maybe go into next season with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. But I think the new coach, likely new coaching staff, will have an angry team or a mode, maybe not angry, a motivated team going into next season. And so there's a lot that's going to change me then and now. A lot of players are going to come in that aren't currently dealing with the nonsense that the Capitals have. So I think it's going to be good. But I think the rest of the season is just a matter of, of playing these younger guys good minutes and seeing what happens. Now, if you're Peter LaViolette, you've got um, 
You've got five games left. Your contract's up. I'm sure he knows he's probably done here in Washington. He's a professional, so I'm not going to say, like, he's going to make dumb moves just, like, to spite them or whatever. He's not going to do that. But, like, what do you think his mindset is right now? You've got five games left. I'm sure you want to win them. I'm sure you're going to be like, hey, I'm a good coach, but it just didn't work out here. What do you think he's thinking right now? I mean, I have to imagine he's planning for next year and whether he wants to continue coaching to move up into the, the press box. I don't know if he would be doing play-by-play, move into a studio job. I mean, I think that's what he – not his focus. His focus is likely because he's a professional coach. His focus is on these last five games and wrapping up the season strong. His focus is on getting the best out of these players. And I have no – as a fan, I have no ill will towards him as a coach. I just think it didn't work. For whatever reason, it just didn't work out for him here. And we've mm-hmm. seen that with coaches in the past who have succeeded in other places and then gone somewhere and it didn't work. And there's probably a number of reasons, and we may never know exactly what those are. The pl- it's not that the players didn't play hard or play well necessarily for him. It just didn't work. So I think he moves on. I think they just go uh, – uh, my guess would be is it's a mutual parting of the ways of just like, sorry, we're not interested in having you back. And he's like, yeah, I wasn't really interested in coming back. Like, I'm going to go try it somewhere else. And there's probably a couple other guys that might be out of a job come, you know, the end of the season uh, that the Caps might be interested in. And that opens up spots for Laviolette to go somewhere else and try again. Or it could be that he goes, you know what? I don't really feel like doing the, the runaround during the season. I'm going to go hang out in a, a cushy you know, ESPN office in New York or go hang out, I'm guessing, Toronto, wherever TSN is, um, and and hang out there. So I, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'd be curious to see where he lands, but uh, I highly doubt he's going to be sticking around in D.C. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And, you know, if he does want to go into commentating, I mean, you've got ESPN. You've got ESE, ESPN Plus that shows tons of, of hockey, not just the NHL. You've got FanDuel TV. You've got TSN, the NHL Network, Fox Sports. There's collegiate hockey that you could follow. I mean, there are tons of places to go right now with the boom of content out there. Now, I just sent you a, a link, tankathon.com slash NHL, talking about the NHL Draft Lottery Simulator. Currently, the Caps are at number nine with a 5% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Anaheim is at 25.5%. So, 5% chance could happen. You never know. But right now, we're sitting currently at 5% chance to get that number one draft pick. I find it really funny that this website exists. Uh, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why I find it so funny, but I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's not bad. Is it weird I want Pittsburgh to make the playoffs so they don't have a chance at winning this kid? Because I feel like the NHL will rig it for them. Oh, 100% they would. Like, I won't mind that their playoff streak also ends, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to have a shot at this thing being rigged. I don't, for the record, I don't think it's going to be rigged. I just... It makes me very anxious that they'll end up with Bedard, and I'll be so annoyed. Yeah. It also makes me anxious he'll end up in, like, Philly. Like, if he goes to Columbus, too. But if he goes to, like, Chicago or Anaheim or San Jose, I'll be like, all right. If he goes to Arizona, I'll be like, sorry, dude. Um, I don't want him in the division unless he's playing in D.C. As the home team. Click Sim Lottery. What do you get? I got St. Louis. Ooh, we ended up in second in the second time I did it. That's not bad. All right, you see, I did it, and I, we were still at ninth. Chicago got the number one pick in my 
sim lottery Montreal, here. Montreal, two in a row. Ooh, I could see Montreal ending up with it. I mean, that would be... The Caps don't move from nine for me. They just sit at nine. Montreal just got the number one pick with this lottery. Oh, we got down to 10th. That's rude. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, they just sit at ninth for me, so we'll see. Anyway, but should be a fun draft night. Um, we'll see. Uh, the, the NHL draft lottery is on May 8th, so make sure you're watching that one. Maybe Coach Dan and I can do a... Uh, a live watch along on our uh, our Facebook page. We'll see. Anything else we should cover here in the depressing Caps world? I think that's it, buddy. All right. With that's it for what's going on in Caps world. Now let's go down on the farm. All right, everybody. Here we go. We're going down on the farm. We are talking about the Hershey Bears. And the South Carolina Stingrays, Coach Dan. What's going on down on the farm? Well, let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went 2-0 with two wins over Cleveland. The Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division and Eastern Conference with 91 points, one up on second place Providence. Now, with their most recent wins, they are guaranteed to have a bye in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs. Now, they'll be back at it tonight, that being Wednesday in Providence, before heading to Springfield on Friday. They then host Charlotte on Saturday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 3-0 with wins over Cincinnati, Fort Wayne, and Toledo. Brandon, while writing my notes, I discovered I have a hard time spelling Cincinnati. I think we There's all do. too many repetitive letters in there that I don't know. Like, I, I have a vague – I have an idea of the order, but how many repeat themselves? Not a clue. Uh <laughs> This puts them first in the South Division with 85 points, three up on second place Jacksonville. Now, with that win over Toledo, they officially clinch their spot in the Kelly Cup playoffs. So Bears and Stingrays both in the playoffs this season. Now, they'll continue their run towards those playoffs in Greenville on Thursday before hosting Florida at the North Charleston Coliseum on Friday and Saturday. That's what's going on down on the farm. Now, here's a question. So I remember specifically during the 2014 non-playoff year for the Capitals that they had time blocked out for uh, NBC Sports Washington to air the playoffs, and they aired the Calder Cup playoffs instead. Do you think here locally in the market we might get some Hershey Bears hockey on our TV? Ooh, I'd be I'd be that, fine with that. That'd be cool. My son would definitely be fine with it because he keeps talking about wanting to go back to a game. Now, he wants to go back so he can get another stuffed animal, but I yeah. think he also liked the hockey. Well, that's good. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, we'll see. I'd love to take him to a Caps game. I imagine the tickets are getting a little cheap for the last few games of the season. Yeah, they're not filling up that uh, that arena, I don't think. Not, not the way they're playing. But anyway, nope. go Bears, go Stingrays. Let's bring the Calder Cup and the Kelly Cup back to the Capitals organization. Now let's go around the NHL and beyond. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going around the NHL and beyond. Lots of stuff going on. Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Well, let's start with some signing news as the Rangers signed forward Philip Cheadle to a four-year $17.75 million extension. Cap hit comes to $4.44 million. 
in suspension news that occurred last week that either got updated onto where I get suspension news from late or I missed it. Either one of those is likely possible. Uh, LA's Blake Lizat was suspended for one game for cross-checking Winnipeg's Josh Morrissey. Congratulations are in order for Hillary Knight, who is named the 10th captain of Team USA for the Women's World Championship, replacing Coin Schofield temporarily while she prepares for the birth of her first child. Congratulations to her. Wearing the A's will be Alex Carpenter, Megan Keller, and Lee Stecklin. The Women's World Championship began today, again, that being Wednesday, while we record this episode. In World Juniors news, University of Denver coach David Carl will be the head coach of the 2024 U.S. National Junior Team. That's the news from the past week in the NHL. And so here's another thing I got to ask you. This is the second time in like a month and a half we've had World Juniors news. Has that ever happened before that we get World Junior news this early in the calendar year? Like, I know the World Juniors is an awesome tournament, and I love to end my year watching the World Junior uh, tournament. But I, I cannot, for the life of me, remember getting news like this in, like, March or April about the World Juniors that's coming up in December. Are they just really excited because, like, they missed it in COVID and had no fans in 2021 and had to cancel in 2021? I don't know. But... I find it funny that we're already getting so much news about that tournament. It it, it just feels a little early. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just they've decided to shake things up and be like, you know, we're going to give you guys more information earlier on. It's probably because the Frozen Four is happening right now, and they want to like jump on that bandwagon to talk. That about, makes like, sense. The collegiate people, but I, I still, I, I don't remember getting news this early in the year. I'm not complaining. It's just I don't, uh, I don't remember that. So, anyway, Coach Dan, is that it for the show? That's it, buddy. All right, everybody. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. You can tweet to either one of us. Neither of us are verified, and we're not buying it either. But you can check us out over on Twitter at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals-related stuff. Not that there's much to talk about lately. Uh, you can find me on there talking about Arsenal Football Club, currently top of the table, talking about the Bills, the Commanders. Can they be sold already? And uh, on there talking about other sports as well. That's WTP Coach Dan. But hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. It's where we post when new shows are going to be coming out, as well as all sorts of other interesting things related to the Washington Capitals, Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, Hershey Cubs, and other things related to the National Hockey League. That's facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. But Brandon, if someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple-clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should check out? That's right. You can check out our Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Me and my buddy Josh talk all things Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson's ego. But uh, if you'd like to check that out, make sure you check it out wherever you listen to this pod podcast. Now, we do this show for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple Podcast review, rate us over on Spotify, and then let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and hive and discord i don't there's so many of them out there i just just tell anyone you know that you're a caps fan and you listen to what the puck 
Now let's go over the games until we talk again. So Coach Dan and I normally record on Wednesdays, but given the fact that the season ends on a Thursday of next week, we're going to take next week off to let the season finish. So we're not going to come back on the 12th recorded an episode with only one game left, unless something crazy happens, which something will probably happen tomorrow after we get done recording this. But let's go over the last five games, and we'll be back to recap the season in two weeks. On Thursday, April 6th, the Capitals are up against Montreal, up against the uh, Canadiens in Montreal, home of the screw job. That game is at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on NBC Sports Washington. On Saturday, April 8th, the Caps travel to Florida, the, the team that won last night to not have the Caps in the playoffs. All Florida's fault. Up against Florida. Uh, in D.C., up against Florida, up against the Panthers. That game's at 7 o'clock, NBC Sports, Washington. And then on Sunday, it's Easter. If you celebrate Easter, have a good, happy Easter on Sunday. And then on April 10th, the Capitals are up against the Islanders in D.C. That game is at NBC Sports, Washington. On Tuesday, April 11th, the Capitals travel up to Boston, a team that after the break, the, the Capitals beat. They looked great. Things looked up, and then things just spiraled. But the Caps are up against the Bruins. That game is at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on NBC Sports Washington. And the final game of this year, Capitals in D.C. up against the New Jersey Devils. That game is at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that game on NBC Sports Washington. All right, Coach Dan, I usually ask you about the the back-to-backs. I'm not going to do that this time around. Although I think that they have a back-to-back. They just got a guy from Harvard, right? Yeah, they, uh, so he was a 2018, 2019 traffic Mitchell Gibson, um, likely will be signed to you signed to like a professional tryout, amateur tryout, whatever it's called. Um, he'll be, I imagine signed to an official contract in the next couple of weeks or something with the caps. Cause his, his season, his time at Harvard just ended at least playing hockey. I don't know if he's like graduated yet. Um, in terms of the back to backs at this point, uh, who, gives a you know what yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter like if i'm if i'm laviolette i'm probably playing the kid wait i'd probably play the if i wanted to give the kids some minutes i would play, and they probably maybe i'd play him on the 10th against the islanders and play kemper in boston i'm boston at that point has everything wrapped up so they may not give a you know what mm-hmm. um so i think that would be that's what that's what i would do if i was a coach i probably would play the kid at home friendlier environment and then play Kemper in uh, Boston. Now, how many of these last five games are W's? Maybe two. You think two? I think they could probably beat Montreal and the Islanders. Maybe the Devils, because at that point, I mean, hang on. I haven't actually looked at the standings close enough to see. Maybe not, because the Devils might be fighting for a specific spot. I mean, they're still trying to chase down Carolina, so that actually might not be. That might be them they may have an opportunity then to actually push for the division win. So I could, or try and keep ahead of the Rangers. So I could see, you know, maybe two Montreal and the Islanders, I would think could be wins Boston. Maybe if they don't care, but if anything, Boston might be gearing up for a playoff run. So yeah, I'd say maybe those two, if we're lucky. All right. Well, Hey, five games left caps. Keep us entertained. Let's get Ovi some goals. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's 
go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.